Welcome to the C3 Church Noosa podcast. Stay tuned for this week's message. Thank you, Jesus. We lift high the mighty name of Jesus in this house this morning. The name above every other name. The name that brings hope. The name that brings life. The name that sets free. Jesus. Just lift your hands. Close your eyes just for one second. I want you to ready yourself for the testimonies you're about to hear, the Word of God that's about to be delivered. Father, we thank you that the Word of God is living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword, cutting cutting to the soul and spirit of every man, woman, and child. Father, I thank you that the anointing of heaven will rest upon our speakers this morning, Lord God, that through boldness and confidence, clarity of thought, that they will share their testimonies and it will touch each of us here this morning. God, we love you. God, we love you. We shout out your praise this morning, church. Can we just clap our hands, lift our voices, shout out your praise this morning? God is worthy. He's a good, loving Father. We give you all the glory, Lord. We love you. We love you. We love you in Jesus' name. Why don't you smile at somebody as you grab your seats and get ready and expectant. We're about to hear from Richard, Vicky, and Josh. So without any further ado, I'm going to ask Richard, an amazing husband, amazing father, amazing man in the life of our church, to come forward and share his testimony this morning. You know, the scripture says that they overcame the evil one, the enemy. They overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. And testimonies are powerful because a testimony is a story of somebody's life. Yeah. Uh, giving testament to what has happened, the journey they've been on, and the goodness of God in their life. So, Richard, thank you for sharing with us this morning. We're really expecting and looking forward to it. Good morning, everyone. Um, yeah, when we think about testimonies, uh, we have, as Christians, I think we always have many testimonies during our life, during our journey. But when I was thinking about testimony, I think this the the real one that I count like the the one that I started with was the one on my conversion. And and it was funny because during this week we have a at home we have a box of of letters and cards, you know like special occasion cards, you know, like birthday and all this. And Joy, my little one, she loves to go to that box and start grabbing every card and letters and start bringing to me or to my wife. And she and she opened one and make a comment, you know, like, oh, she doesn't know how to speak. So she always like open, say something and give it to us. And it was funny when I was thinking about testimony and I got this card and, uh, and I, I had like many like letters and cards and lots lots of letters and cards I wrote to my wife and love stories and all these and I like love letters and cards. And I found wow, I even said to my wife, There were so many things I wrote to you, you know, like and, and I can't find any letter to me. <laughs> and she said, there is one there, there is one there. I said, all right, all right. And then Joy brought me one card, was a birthday card, and was written by my mom in 2002. And yeah, 20 years ago. And it was a same for me, you know, I'm Richard, happy birthday. I love you and I'm always praying for you. And then when I was thinking about my testimony, I know that my mom played a very strong like part in my life. 
and uh, <laughs> she was always praying for me. And I had the, the privilege as well to have a grandma that was Christian, and when she was praying over yeah. for us as well. And but yeah, we were like a Christian family. We used to go to church every Sunday, and uh, very traditional church. German background, so it was just in German. Imagine this in Brazil, I'm from Brazil. So it's all German. <laughs> and uh, and we had my family were, they were in Germany, my grandma was German. So yeah, we were going to very traditional church. And uh, yeah, on Sunday we were a very like happy family, but during the week wasn't like that. Now my, my dad was a very like workaholic. Uh, we have the biggest inflation in Brazil, a big prices when I was a child. So my dad went to Germany to do to make a course, specialization course. He's a doctor. And he left all the money in the bank. When we come back, we have all the money for a year to to go through, you know, with school, uniform, food, extra activities after work. This is for four kids me and, and other three seats. And when we got back to Brazil, all the money gone. And and back that days, we couldn't move like the bank accounts like we do today. So there was no much left. The only thing we, my dad could pay was for the school and the uniform. That was the only thing. So he started working like really hard to keep everything up to. My mom with four kids in our apartment, like very small apartment was very hard for her. She started getting like in depression because my dad wasn't around. So yeah, it was really tough. But we always go to church, so I'm very help, uh, very grateful for that. And um, but they split when they were when I was 12 years old, and I started going to my friend's house. The one that I, at least there I could find a place called home. There was like meals, you know, there was like a proper stru structure as a family. But the problem was they were not Christians. So I was introduced to alcohol, to drugs, pornography, and all this. And was a mess, my life. I didn't want to know about Christians, about church, anything. And... Um, in my mom never stopped going to church. She was always praying, and even she started going to a Pentecostal church because she needed something because she was in this depression and you know, all that. So she needed something, uh, you know, a Holy Spirit <laughs> to to in her life. And uh, when I was eighteen, uh, friends from the church from my childhood they invited me to church to to a summer camp. And I said, I don't want to go, I don't like church, you know, all that old story that we know. And I didn't have a good example at home. So I said, no, I don't want to go. And, uh, but they insisted so much that I said, okay, I'll go, but I'll go just for a nice service. And I'll just, that's it, I'm not going to stay over. When I went there, I was almost 19 years old. And... Uh, uh, I stay at the door. I came late. As a good Brazilian, we always come late to, <laughs> to things. But I said, I'm making sure I'm getting late there because I don't want to stay longer. Yeah. And uh, I, I stay at the door, 
and I just felt God's presence. I don't even know who was preaching or it was the music, I don't know. I just felt God's presence. I was overwhelmed with that presence. I started crying, 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 and you know the story. And my life changed from that on. Of course, it's a journey, and I couldn't find more joy in parties, in alcohol, anything like that. I found joy with God. And uh, yeah, and in the Bible says, when Paul writes to Timothy, he says, the faith that you have, I found the faith in your grandma and your mom. And because they have this faith, I found this faith in you. And I, I'm so blessed to have my mom praying over me. And I believe when she was, when she wrote that card, I'm always praying for, for me. She was actually praying for me. And there is an important part in our life when we pray for other people, especially for salvation, for the unsafe ones. Yeah. And sometimes we forget because it's not its own. It doesn't happen like that, yeah. how we wish. But God knows when is the best time. Um, and I, I have this vision when I was, when I, uh, when I was thinking about this testimony that I was like a seed in this very dry soil. Like, and uh, this seed was planted in my childhood when we were going to church. So you know, in our prayers before meal and things like this. And, but Jesus wasn't real for me until the time I had the encounter with him. And, uh, but the praise of my mom was like the drops of water that was yeah. reaching that soil yeah. until it reaches the seed and the spirit was ready to yeah. sprout. I don't know if they're right or right. Yeah. Yeah. Sprout. And uh, I believe the praise like this is constant. Yeah. A constant prayer, constant prayer, and then God can change and then God can move. Yeah. And intercession for, for someone is like an expression of love. You invest in someone's life. You, you, and sometimes you think, it's so, you, you, we have been praying for years, but this person doesn't happen. But what, what we can compare with years praying for someone to eternity that this person is going to spend in heaven yeah. with God? So I just want to share with you guys to start to keep reaching for these people, you know, don't give up praying and reaching out for these people that sometimes we forgive or forget about our friends, our workmates, and and they are just there, you know, and we should keep praying for them, for, this, for, for them to be saved. And we have this uh, authority, spiritual authority over them, yeah. as father, as mom, as friend. We should have this authority over them, praying for them, and don't forget them. Yeah. All right. What a great word.
What a testimony. I love that. I love that imagery as well. Prayer just being the drops, the water that, that, that soaked the soil over time and allowed that seed to germinate and sprout. Unbelievable. Beautiful. Thank you, Richard. I'm now going to welcome the amazing Vicky, who is just a wonderful woman in the life of our church. Come on, let's welcome Vicky this morning. We love Vicky. Go for it. Thank you. I'm going to read so that I stick to time, otherwise I'll go on and on. Um, but it was amazing to hear your testimony. We didn't talk about what we were going to say between one another, but there are definitely commonalities in in our lives. I, I grew up in an Anglican church, St Augustine's. Mum and Dad were part of that church community and I remember lots of fun activities like pancake nights or Shrove Tuesday. My maternal grandmother, my grand, was a devout Christian and she attended uh, an Anglican church in a small country town where my dad had done uh, the painting above the altar and on the walls and you, you see my grand there over there on the left standing at the front. The reason I put the photo up there is because attending church with Graham was always very special. Uh, she was an amazing role model in my life. I was baptised and later confirmed in St Augustine's, but in my early teens there was some controversy in the church which caused my parents and others to leave. My mum and dad were very community-minded, including being scout and brownie leaders, so our weekends were always very busy and at some point, church attendance just kind of went by the wayside. Until year 11, when I met a young man who attended a Presbyterian church. He invited me to go with him and the young minister and his wife welcomed me into their congregation. One night after Bible study, my boyfriend went in to talk with the minister and when he came out, the light shone out of his eyes. I can't describe it for you, but I remember going home that night and thinking, if he's a Christian and he looks like that, what's wrong with me? I knew about Jesus, like Pastor Christian has said, but I didn't have a relationship with him. So that night I gave my heart to the Lord. I was so happy. I wanted everybody to have what I had found. I was evangelising to everybody, like Wally, <laughs> only younger and more girly. <laughs> I wanted everyone on fire for Jesus. Now, my little sister Penny, some of whom you've met, is one of the most precious people in my life. I'm very blessed to have been raised by wonderful extended families surrounded by love. But Penny is special. And from the moment I was saved, I also wanted her to be. So in trying to witness to her, I bought Penny a pink Bible, Christian T-shirts and all that other stuff from the local Kurong bookshop, all of which she stuffed in the back of the cupboard. <laughs> she was young, only 12 or 13, and she wasn't interested. So I prayed for her and I prayed and I prayed for years. After high school, I got married and moved to Sydney with my husband, who was in officer training. We had two beautiful daughters and moved around with the Navy over the following decade. Unfortunately, we were never close to my family, and it was a very lonely life with my husband away for long periods of time. In 1994-95, we were posted to Canberra. My daughters were both now in school, and I joined the public service. My career began to take off. I had roles that I loved. And I was good at the work, 
but my home life was falling apart. My husband was at sea a lot, and when he came home, it wasn't the joyful family reunion I'd hoped for. And while our life looked perfect on the outside, to everybody else, I felt that my husband no longer loved me. Now, I'd always believed as a Christian that marriage was supposed to be forever. So I really struggled with our failing marriage. But after 12 years of being a Navy wife, Navy widow, I knew I needed something different and we divorced in 1997. When I left my husband, I lost my church community, including my best friend. Everyone, including my parents, thought that I'd done the wrong thing. I felt completely isolated and it was a very difficult time. I attended a Baptist church for a few years but eventually stopped going as work took priority in my life. Looking back, I can see clearly that God was always with me. It was me that had moved, not him. But while he was still my saviour, I had stopped treating him as the Lord of my life. However, God continued to show me favour as he began working in my sister's life. Penny got a job working for the Bishop of Melbourne in that big cathedral opposite Flinders Street Station. She started going to church and became engaged to a lovely Christian guy called David. In early 2000, Dave led Penny through the sinner's prayer. And at the age of 26, after I had prayed for her for 13 years, she handed her life over to the Lord. And that's one of my greatest blessings, to know that I will spend eternity with my sister in heaven. After getting married, uh, Penny moved to America for Dave's job and she got to work at a C3 church. It's a bit of a shout out to C3 Lawrenceville in Georgia. And so whenever I travelled to the US to visit Penny, I went to church, but just to be with my sister. Now I'm going to jump forward a little bit during the period when I remarried and became a stepmom. Some of you have already heard me speak about my career and that time in my life when I was doing everything in my own right leaving God in the corner for emergencies. Yeah. And as I've said before, I deeply regret role modelling an almost fanatical work ethic to my daughters instead of being a faithful Christian mother. But, and this is the kicker, how good is our God? During that time when I was away from God, Penny was praying for me. <laughs> so you've seen that picture and I was taking... Um, during my visit to the US early this year, I am so thankful for her. In 2013, Penny came back to Australia to attend a C3 Presence Conference. She invited me to attend and I went really just so I could spend more time with her. It was amazing. <laughs> the corporate worship was so good. But one evening, Penny pushed me to talk about where I was in my Christian walk. I remember being very emotional when she asked me what I thought God's purpose was in my life. And I recall telling her tearfully that I thought my purpose had been to bring her into the kingdom and that maybe that was my only purpose. Now, the reason I'm talking so much about Penny is that our faith journeys are so closely intertwined. I retired from the public service in 2017 and I moved here to the sunny coast and then on the 18th of October 2018, 
my world turned upside down. I was diagnosed with stage 3C ovarian cancer. One of the first things I did after being diagnosed was to travel to the US to be with my sister. In January 2019, I had massive surgery, followed by chemotherapy every week for six months. I was so sick. The treatment was awful. And the survival rates for ovarian cancer are very low. Only about 20% of women live for more than five years. I was diagnosed with military disease, which means that it just keeps progressing. And the surgeon told me that they couldn't remove all the cancer because it had spread too far. There was no doubt I was afraid. And I knew the only way I was going to get through this was with Jesus. So I repented of the life that I'd slipped into. I'd listened too long to the enemy when he had reassured me that I could still be a Christian but not go to church or read my Bible. I had foolishly compromised my Christian walk for worldly things. And I'm convinced that my cancer came from the stress of years of high-pressure work, all while doing life in my own strength. In one way, I'm thankful for the cancer as it made me realise that I needed to be right with God. During my cancer treatment, I started coming to C3 Noosa. This loving community of believers has helped to turn my life around. The faithful teachings of the pastors have impacted me profoundly, and the small groups I've attended helped me build strong bonds with members of this church. As I have sought to surround myself with other Christians, so many of you have helped me strengthen my walk with God. I am very thankful for you and you are a blessing to me. I am honoured to serve in this church. I have two short Bible verses I'd like to share with you. The first one is Romans 14.23. Whatever is not of faith is sin. That might seem pretty harsh, but do not listen to the enemy when he tries to call you away from your faith. He deceives us so easily to slowly move one small step at a time away from our God. So we need to look to Jesus in all things. The second verse is from Ephesians 2, 4 to 5. God is so rich in his mercy and he loved me so very much that even when I was dead because of my sins, he gave me new life. When I was walking alone, God pursued me like the one lost sheep. We don't deserve his love, but he gives it freely if we repent and turn to him. Despite my sin and my behaviours that caused illness and sorrow in my life, he loved me enough to keep calling me back. How wonderful is our God. Finally, I'd like to encourage you to pray and continue praying. Even when you don't feel God's presence or hear his voice, when you feel alone, when things seem hopeless, when the world tells you you have no future. And don't give up praying for your friends and family to enter the kingdom. I honestly believe that my faithfulness in praying for my sister was rewarded when she helped bring me back into faith. We serve an amazing God. I am living proof of his love 
mercy and grace almost four years after my cancer diagnosis. I honestly believe that I'm not dead yet because God has greater things planned for me. And as the lyrics say, his grace rewrote my story from death to life. As I finish up, I'd just like to share a few words from one of my favourite songs, Zach Williams' Rescue Story. He lifted me up from the ashes, carried my soul from death to life, bringing me from glory to glory. You are my rescue story. He is my testimony. I have nothing without God. And Penny, because I know you're watching, I love you. Just to mix it up again. <laughs> Thank you, Vicky. That, we love Vicky. As Vicky said, she came into our church right going through that struggle and was just so faithful, so committed, so open. And her life really is just a testimony of God's goodness and God's grace. And we should absolutely be encouraged about that. Now, we have, I'm not going to say we saved the best for last because then it would just be weird. But, but Josh, can you come join us up here? Young Josh, can you come up here? These, who's enjoying these testimonies this morning? These guys are absolutely amazing. Josh and Joelle, a beautiful young couple in our church, uh, haven't been with us too long, but are absolutely a light and a blessing. And I know, as Pastor Christian has said and prophesied, there is a call on your yeah. life. Yeah. God has got something in store for you. So be blessed, be encouraged, and we look forward to hearing from you, mate. Come on. Yeah. Um, we're going to get a wriggle on. It's got to squeeze 32 years in 10 minutes. So, um, I grew up in a Christian family. Um, I had the best childhood, um, best parents. Uh, I was in church every week. Um, and, yeah, it's just surrounded by a really good community of um, Christian leaders. And got into my teen years. I was about 14, 15 and decided that the friends I had were the most important thing in the world and I wanted to stop going to church and mum and dad kept dragging me along every week and um, I think when I was about 16 they gave me the option thinking you know, maybe if we ask him it's up to you if you want to come to church or not um, Stay, keep coming. But I was like, gotcha. <laughs> I was, um, yeah, I was just being a, a feral teenager with my friends and um, finished school, uh, moved out with some buddies, and we we were just being grubs, like drinking every weekend, binge drinking really hard, and we just lived like for the weekend just to, to party and. Um, like a, it was a slippery slope from, um, I don't know, going, going down that, that life, like we went from having a relationship with Jesus growing up and always knowing that the, you know, lifestyle living for Jesus, living in relationship with Jesus, always knew that that was right, that was the best way to live, but I... I just drifted so far that the only relationship I had with him was crying out for help if I got myself in a, in a bit of strife, a bit of a pickle. But um, always had parents praying for me, all my family always praying for me, praying that I'd come back to Jesus. 
and I'm so grateful for that. But it took a while. I I knew I had to like straighten myself out because um, I was just sort of drifting through life. So I thought the way to do that was to join the Defence Force, become a soldier. I was watching, watching a lot of war movies and um, playing a lot of Call of Duty, and I was like, that's, that's the answer. That'll sort me out. So um, sort of stopped drinking a little bit, trained hard, got in, and was a part of this um, like brotherhood, like a really, um, really strong bond and friendships with all these guys that I'd gone through training with. But it was a very toxic culture. It was worse than any other um, friendship I'd, I'd been in or group of, of, of mates because we would sort of train hard during the week but party harder on the weekends and and it became like taking um, party drugs and um, yeah, it was, it was bad. And found out not long after I'd, I'd got up to my unit that I was deployed to Afghanistan and I was one of the youngest boys. I was, I was only 20 years old when I joined. I was 22 when I got to Afghanistan, just turned 22. And um, yeah, thank God I had parents praying for me that um, I was really safe while I was over there. Nearly died from boredom, but I was, um, <laughs> I was safe. Um, but when there's a group of boys over in Sapping the Desert who just slipped a party, um, we, there's about 10 of us who planned a trip to go to Thailand for when we got home, and it would have been the worst, like awful, awful party trip. But um, God had bigger, better plans for me, so I'd come home safely. Um, I was on leave from work and here on the Sunshine Coast, catching up with my family. And um, my sisters were, were quite close in age. My sisters were going to a youth and young adults um, like camp for, with their church. And I thought it'd be nice to go hang out, spend some time with them. They'd appreciate me coming to something like that because they're all praying for me. And I dropped in I think it was a three-day, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I dropped in on the Saturday morning. I was actually a little bit hungover. And um, the worship was um, an old Hillsong song, I've Decided to Follow Jesus. And I was just, like, listening, reflecting. And, yeah, the love of Jesus just hit me. And it, it, was, it was all over from there. I, I knew... I had to change the way I was living and, yeah, start living for him, stop being so selfish and um, do what I always knew was right. So I was meant to be getting on the plane the next day to go on this party trip with these boys. So I texted him and said, oh, I'm sick, I can't. <laughs> Turned my phone off and stayed for the rest of this, um, this camp and, yeah, it was, it was, it was life-changing, just that uh, weekend itself. Um, but I guess it was years of my parents praying, praying hard and um, believing. Um, yeah, so I had to go back to work and 
the boys are like, what the heck? <laughs> and I just had to, uh, I think I had like a year and a half left of my contract in defense. So I had to work during the week, but I couldn't hang around. I couldn't stay on the weekends. It was a bad environment. So I was running back up to the coast to go to church and, um, yeah, didn't know what I wanted to do next. All I knew was I wanted to live on the coast and um, be a part of church community. Brilliant. So, um, finished up. Oh, sorry, I, a few months after I got saved, I actually had the opportunity to go to Thailand, but to go there for a mission trip. So it's just funny, like, how, you know, I had a plan to go there and, like, abuse the place and, and be the worst human. But God um, yeah, had plans to send me over there to, to serve. And um, I got, like, so much from that trip. And, um, yeah, it's just funny what, what God, God plans for me. But um, got out of the Defence Force, moved up here, and still didn't know what I wanted to do, but... Um, walked into church, met my beautiful wife, and yeah, God's just been like blessing us, like every year gets better and better, and um, yeah, I couldn't imagine like where I'd be if I yeah, hadn't dropped into the, to the camp, um, but I've got some verses to share from my mum, I called in the big guns, and I said, <laughs> I did a bit of digging and I came up with a, a verse. <laughs> and, um, and that's 1 Thessalonians 5.17. Never stop praying. But I asked mum, like, what verses she would lean on and go to when she was praying for me. And she had Galatians 6.9. Let us not grow weary of doing good. Yes, prayer is doing good and speaking in faith when you're talking about your kids. For in due season we will reap if we do not give up. Yeah. And Romans 12:11, rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation, be constant in prayer. And yeah, I just wanted to encourage everyone, um, if there's any, any parents in the same situation, waiting for their kids to come back to the Lord or, yeah. or any um yeah, praying for any family members or friends, um, hanging there, keep praying. Um, yeah, we, we can only do so much, but um, God can do so much more than we can. Yeah. So, hey. credit to him. And what I love about that is God's interested. He's interested in every single person, in every single detail of their life. The Bible says he's no respecter of persons. So it's not, I like that one, but not that one, I like that one. But it's God is love. God loves everybody. And he's, he's so desiring of intimate relationship with every single person. And I love this. And I love what you said, Josh, that, you know, I had plans. But God overrode those plans. And then not only did he override those plans, but then he still brought you know, be back to that same place to say, I've got a different purpose for your life. Uh, you know, James says that the prayer of the righteous is powerful and effective. And if I heard anything this morning in all of this is the smallest prayers prayed in faith can shift mountains, can change lives, and can transform circumstances, don't stop praying. 
Yeah. Don't stop praying. Throw your prayers up to heaven. You just just pray and pray and pray and and come into that place where it's like I, I just believe. As, as ridiculous as it seems, as improbable as it seems, I just believe that God, you can. And honestly, that's what a prayer is. A prayer is saying, God, you can. I believe you can. I believe you will. And I love what Richard said because he said, it doesn't always happen. It's not the first drop that goes in that, that makes that seed sprout. It's it's in God's timing. And God's timing is perfect. I want to encourage each of you this month, be praying for someone. I recently prayed, uh, preached a message called Plus One. And again, I want to ask you, who's your plus one? that you can be praying for, that you can be standing in faith for, that you can invite to the house of God. Melissa preached a great message, why church? And Vicky said that, you know, I just made a commitment to church, to turning up to church, that I'd lived my life my way and it didn't work. But I decided to put the house of God first. I decided to make God number one in my life. Can I encourage each of you, just over the course of this month, just develop that habit and that passion and that joy for prayer and connection to heaven and i'm telling you you're going to hear from heaven you're going to see things that god is going to reveal to you you're going to see god move before you and i'm, I'm telling you we are entering into a new season of, of favor in this house in our lives in your families in your business god is so good thanks for listening to the c3 church noosa podcast for more life-changing messages visit us online at c3noosa.org. If you've been blessed by this message, please consider partnering with us financially to see the work of God continue flourishing in and through C3 Church Noosa. God bless.